Hello everyone, this is Jeremiah from Spellstorm Miniatures. Dan and I took a break from recording during the holidays, but we have an episode recorded for you that we'd like to share with you. And it's a special episode because we have members from the Hillsboro Underground with us. And I'm particularly excited about it because these are the guys who I learned how to play War Machine from. They were the ones who introduced me to the game and invited me over to their game nights. And uh, it's, a, it's a joy just to be able to have them on and then to be able to share them with you. And I hope that this episode is, um, is fun to listen to. Dan and I will record, um, we'll resume recording after the new year and uh, we'll have a regular schedule for you guys as well. Anyway, thanks and a happy new year. Well, good evening and welcome back to episode 7 of Spellstorm Miniatures. Uh, my name is Jeremiah and with me I have Dan. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Hey, tonight we have some very special guests. We have members of the Hillsboro Underground. And so, gentlemen, why don't you just say hi and just say your name real quick. Uh, hi, my name is Ethan. Right on, thank you. I'm Dan. That's to forgo confusion, I'll go by Daniel Prime, which is also my Discord handle. Very good. And this is Ron. I'm back again. That's right. We had, uh, we had Captain Ron on on episode two, didn't we? Oh, yeah. That's right. So tonight we're looking forward to having a roundtable discussion, and uh, we just want to do um, a little bit of history of Hillsboro Underground. We're going to learn about their backstory, uh, where the name comes from, and and really, um, it really, it really jumps off from episode five when we talked a lot about uh, just building community. And this is a one example of what community can look like um, in the tabletop wargaming world. Uh, we also want to do a little re year in review for 2018. And then we want to just cast vision for 2019, what we hope to get out of the game and what we hope to do um, just with our, uh, just in our own communities and things like that. So, hey, hey, Daniel Prime, why don't you start first? Why don't you tell us a little bit about the backstory of um, Hillsboro Underground? Uh, where does the name come from and who are you guys and what do you do? So, Ethan and Ron and I have known each other for years and years. Like, Ron and I have known each other for 20 years and Ethan 21 now 21 yeah Ethan's a, a slightly more recent addition at like 15 yeah oh, um, 16 now 16 so um my, so basically my, Dan can't count Is yeah, that what's going yeah that's, on? Okay. That, that's that's why I'm so good at War Machine <laughs> <laughs> well that that's why they brought the Asian around so I can keep them level on the map there you go yeah, the counting yeah, yeah. I love it so um but every time like more when when I go out to tournaments I don't regularly make shops and so I go to a tournament, and I don't do poorly. Like, I'm not the greatest War Machine player ever, but I do okay. I equip myself reasonably. And they look at me like, we, we don't know who you are. We expected you to be new. Wh where do you play? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, around? And, and so since I play with these guys all the time, like, I decided to, to create this, like, it's an underground scene by invite only. It's true. So it is. It's the Hillsboro Underground. No, I love it. I remember when um, when Ron invited me to, uh, you know, when he told me about the game after Mark III dropped, and and he was like, um, you know, I was like, hey, if I buy into this, will you, will you play the game with me? And you said, 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I will definitely play with you. And then immediately after, I got invited to Ethan's house. Ethan, who hosts. Ethan, how many years have you been hosting uh, War Machine? Uh, ever since I got back into the uh, Hillsborough area, actually. So about around about two years now. Uh, oh, it's been longer. Than going that. on three it, now. Going on three. Okay. Yeah, so but, there we go. You guys. But you're faithful. Sorry. You're like every week hosting, right? Yeah. Uh, well, every week it's become a little bit like uh, uh, s- s- every other week now, but yeah. it's because everybody's kind of got their own thing going on these yeah. days. Well, you know, in, in some groups, you know, like some D&D groups meet, you know, weekly or every other week kind of thing, uh, but you guys get together and you play War Machine. So, and me very rarely, as I was mentioning early before the podcast. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, co-host Dan, have you have you had a chance to play at Ethan's house yet? Uh, unfortunately, I haven't. You know, it's always those Wednesday nights can get a little bit tough, but looking forward to one of these nights. Nice, Yeah. Um, Ethan, why don't we just go ahead and start with you. Tell us a little bit about uh, War Machine, your history and playing the game. Um, what factions do you play, that sort of thing. What 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 draw? What drew you in and what keeps you playing? <laughs> all right, so uh, what drew me in was basically all my friends were playing and I kind of got, um, I kind of got shoehorned into Cricks uh, because everybody else was playing, everybody else was playing one of the other factions. The, the, the what four that originally existed? You 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 poor thing. Yeah, I know. Poor me. <laughs> I was gonna say that it was lucky you is what I think. <laughs> it was completely by everybody else's choice. Actually, it was by popular choice that I became the Cricks player in our little in our tiny little meta. But you play more than Cricks now, don't oh, you? Uh, yes, I also play uh, Retribution. I'm probably gonna start getting into them again because, yeah. uh, well. They have Cricks, new toys. Well, yeah, they have new toys coming out, and Crick's releases are going to become seem to be getting uh, further and further apart these days. Okay. How, how about you, Daniel Prime? So I have had an on again, off again relationship with War Machine. I I am I am just a massive nerd. I play any game that involves dice, pretty much. Um, so I got into my first battle box was Kador at the launch of Mark One because I'd been following the early RPG. So the the war game came out, I bought in, and then something happened, I got distracted by a shiny and and I gave away my models and didn't come back until a little bit later. Toward the end of Mark One I I picked up the Protectorate Battle Box. And that has been my faction ever since. And you're one of those rare players who only plays one faction. You know, at some point, like along the line, I picked up Legion because they were winning a lot more than Protector it was, and, they, and it was I was looking forward to having the opportunity to, to be, have a, a faction that could actually alpha sometimes. Yeah, um, bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was totally a bandwagon choice. I'll, I'll own up to that. But then I got into a position where like, I was in college, my employment was a little shaky, and I was just staring at my Legion models wishing they were the new shinies for Protector it. And so I converted them into the new shinies for Protectorate. All right, all right. How about you, Ron? We got a little bit of your history in uh, episode two. Um, you've been playing from the beginning as well. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been playing day one. Um, started off with the Signar battle box. It was, it was all basically pretty random how we all came about our initial factions, and uh, I stuck with Signar for quite a while. Um, when Escalations came out, it, I already had the few Merc things that were already out there, so went into Mercs as soon as Escalations came out. 
when there was Merc casters. And then about a year after game launch, I, I decided to pick up Protectorate because at the time there was just a ton of Signar players, not many Protectorate players. And I tend to be a bit snowflakey. I like to play the not so popular options. So I played Protectorate for a long time. So about 14 years now. Um, and they're actually. And we can trust your map on that, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, they're they're actually my main faction for tournament play for pretty much towards uh, the latter half of Mark One, majority of Mark Two. They were actually my tourney faction, and then Mark Three. Um, you got a little murky toward the end of Mark Two. Yeah, yeah, I had some, but like I wasn't playing them uh, for tournaments. Uh, Fair. For tournaments, it, it was protector, and then Mark Three came about. And Dan was getting really back into the game, so I kind of went back to my roots to, to Signar and Mercs. And uh, for this last year, I've just been kind of really focusing on Mercs, or I'm sorry, for Signar, and then um, let the Mercs and Protector and okay. have some minions in Scorn. Uh, Scorn was my primal faction when that launched, so okay. So those kind of took a backseat. And co-host Dan, re- refresh our listeners, what, what factions do you play? Yeah, um, sorry, you guys are coming in a little bit rough. I didn't quite hear that. What factions do you play? Oh, yeah, uh, I'm up to a little bit too many factions I can keep uh, under control right now. But no, uh, mainly right now, again, I'm playing uh, Trolls, Signar, Minions are kind of my wheelhouse and maybe expanding a little more out soon. Okay, very good. And then uh, I'm I'm jumping into Scorn in 2019. Uh, good man. Yeah, all right. I'm leaving Kador for the moment. Although those Doom Reavers are looking really nice. Hey, they're both still red, so it's This is good. true. The paint scheme is very similar for me. So who else is uh, who else is part of the Hillsboro Underground? Who else, what, what other guys come out? So guys pretty, and gals. Pretty much anybody that flies under the the the, ca- the, the banner of some filthy casuals. Okay. Like that's that's our uh, our flagship team. Um aside from that, anybody who wants to come out to Wednesdays pretty much earns a uh, an honorary membership to the the Hillsborough Underground. Nice. It's uh Ron mentioned in the preamble like before we actually started recording his uh his buddy Eddie who plays Circle. That's right. My little brother who also plays Circle. Um aside from that he also uh came, came in and got your uh Picked up your legion from you. That's that's and right. He, that's the the, the well traveled legion that yeah. was that, that came to me second hand and then went to Ron and then went it went to Eddie. That legion's been around. I, I'm waiting for my turn. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. And then technically, Ethan's girlfriend Amanda has some trolls. Um, that's right. But she hasn't yep. really played in a while. She's she is a member of the Hillsboro Underground. She my, comes out to Wednesdays. My second game. She's there every week. That's right. <laughs> my second game ever was against her. There you go. I remember. <laughs> Um, so one of the things I want to touch on real quick is, you know, our listeners, they come from kind of all over and a lot of our listeners, most of them I think are centered in the Pacific Northwest and we are, we are blessed to have a lot of game stores. You know, we have Rune and Board, we have, uh, the Portland game store, we have Guardian Games. Uh, we also have some stores up North in Olympia or I mean Tacoma area and, you know, some, and some stores down in Salem. Um, the Salem seating is getting a lot smaller. The, yes, I've heard, I've heard, but uh, but there's a new store opening, mm-hmm. and so hopefully the the scene will kind of turn around a little bit. But um, but I also know that uh, there are a lot of players who play War Machine who don't have access to a store, 
And so um, what advice would you give a new player uh, to the game who uh, really enjoys, you know, the game, enjoys the aesthetic, uh, doesn't mind, you know, um, hosting games or, or whatever? What advice would you give to like another group who wants to start um, start meeting regularly in their home and what, what does that look like? So my first piece of advice is to get yourself a, a nice table to play on. And that involved for us that involved because like we didn't know whose house we were going to land at for the first bit before we settled on Ethan's place consistently. Um, if you go to a like essentially a lumber yard, like mm-hmm. you can find places that do full like plywood, you know, sections for you mm-hmm. and you ask for full length, four foot by four foot sections cut down into one foot chunks. So like one four one foot by one foot squares. Okay. Are, and you have to specify full length because otherwise it's short by like a quarter of an inch. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because unless it's unless it's specifically made for cupboards, I think it is like there's a specific industry that does the thing. Be or four two, two by twos. Yeah, two by two. Sorry. There we go. Yeah. Okay. My or two 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 <laughs> by fours. I, I am or, the best at math tonight. Or eight one by one. It, it depends on it depends if you on really your. Really want to break it up. <laughs> it depends on your car. Um, a lot of people have there trouble fitting the 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 full, you know, two foot by four foot lengths into their trunk. Yeah. So the two foot by two foot tend to be much more manageable. Um, and if you get them full length, then you can set them. You just butt them up one against one another, and you have a full board to play on. Okay. Um, and that so logistics. You, yeah. Get a nice table. Get a board to play on. Yep. What else do you recommend? Um, schedule it and plan to have you know four hours or so to play, either two games on the clock or one game off the clock. Mm-hmm. Like making that, you know, making sure you have the time. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's it's important to make sure that you have like a a few guys that you can count on to jump in with you. So. You know, I used peer pressure and, you know, got Ethan in with Cricks. And, you know, since me and Ethan were playing a lot, you know, that roped Dan we back into the game. We were living together at the time, so... It oh, was, you were roommates? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I mentioned we all go way back. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yep. So, um, so yeah, so it was... Yeah, it was... It, it helps to have people that you can see consistently. And then, and then, you know, having that core group of guys that you know that are going to show up and then you can kind of invite people to come in from there and then kind of grow it out. And then, That's a solid point. And then, yeah, now we have, technically we have enough. We could be playing two games now because we have, uh, Ethan just got a really nice gaming table recently and then we still have the boards from before. So nice. we could actually have two games going at once now, so which is really nice. Nice. I just got to find the space to set up the... Uh, the, you, got fo- a, the uh, you got a floor. Oh, fair, okay. We did it before. That that's true. Okay, so fair fair point. All right. Hey, co-host Dan, do you have any questions for our for our team here? No, it's sounding sounding good. Nice, nice. I just want to make sure that uh, that you get in on the conversation. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so we talked a couple weeks ago um, about building community and. And, and I wanted to ask you guys because um, because you guys are I mean you guys are a community you know and and you guys come out to the broader community um, the, some filthy casuals had a team at the i5 team championship in October and um, and then there were a three-man version of that um, uh, Ethan and Ron and co-host Dan 
um, at the uh, Three Commanders in December. Um, what what um, what value has being part of a of a gaming community brought to you in your life? And just um, you know, um, like like obviously something keeps you coming back. What what is it that keeps you coming back? Ah. Uh. Anybody want to jump in first? I, I, sure, yeah. I'll tackle. I was this expecting one. you to say, "I live here." <laughs> no. <laughs> so, I think, you know, there's a there's an Orboros effect uh, to community. When you when you build a community, the community builds you, and then you build the community. Hmm. Um, Ron and I met in high school and had a couple classes together. We participated in wrestling together, and. You know, he GM'd a bunch of fantastic games. We played Star Wars and Seventh Sea, and you know we were friends. And yeah. so, like when you know we picked up uh, the Forbidden game, we played a lot of Warhammer Forty K together. Um, and uh, so that's just like that core. When we transitioned into Warmer Hordes, like it keeps sort of that cycle going of yeah. of we're friends, so we play together. So we're friends. So we so play, play together. together. <laughs> I like that cycle. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, this game has been hugely important in my life. Um, first of all, it's, it's been a great way to stay connected with Dan all yeah. these years, um, for decades now, literally. And, and again, with the Ethan to, to remain engaged uh, with him, even when he, you know, he left for the Marine Corps for five years and, you know, he came back and, you know, we're ready to just jump right back into it. Nice. And, uh, even our friend Eddie, who's who's not here with us at the moment, um, like he was one of my groomsmen, and I met him solely through playing this game. And so, mm-hmm. that that's a story I hear all too often in in all these podcasts and stuff that I listen to as well. Is that you know really the community, the the people yeah. are just great, yeah. you know. And and I'm I'm really thankful for this game that you know it, it introduced me, you know, to Eddie. You know, I wouldn't have ever met him without this game and. You know, it's just allowed me to stay in touch with these guys even now that I got a baby and I've become an adult somehow. I don't know. You're becoming an old man now. I know, right? Like, how am I legally responsible for someone else? That doesn't seem right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's it's crazy. Teach her to play War Machine. That's all I, I will. Say. I will. Once she starts yeah. walking. So. There you go. <laughs> Back on me here. I'm trying to think of what really, what the community really means to me. Uh, basically... Um, the game by itself is is all well and good, but it's kind of like the people that you meet and the the, yeah. the new experiences you get to play by you know, meeting new players, playing against them, seeing what what they've come up with. Yeah, that's really kind of keeping me that keeps me engaged in in the game itself. Otherwise, I'd probably be like, there's lots of entertainment uh, venues that I could pursue out there, but. Right. This from the guy who built gaming communities in the Marines to keep himself sane. <laughs> uh, I see you hiding over there. You you do what you have to do sometimes. Yeah, it's that's like true. sometimes the the game is in you and you want to get it out and spread it with spread yeah. it to other people. So, yeah. but again, it was once I built those groups in in the core. Uh, it was pretty much those things that kept me that kept me going. Those were like a those were my rock. When yeah. I was in there, so so it was a thing that you got out of gaming community. Well, yeah, I, I guess you, it, we're going back to the Orbros effect that you were mentioning. Uh, there we go. <laughs> so, um, but you guys don't just play War Machine; you play other games too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. 
You mentioned the Forbidden Game. Uh, um, mm. I, if anybody wants to buy like two thousand oh, no, no. points worth of Eldar, totally sell that. <laughs> but um, no, so it's I probably like fifteen points worth of Eldar now. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's fair. We're <laughs> we're like four editions later, five. So oh, I don't know. Yeah, probably at least. <laughs> but um, yeah, we yeah. we we uh, definitely. I think Ethan and I are involved in separate tabletop games. Uh, Ron's one of the best GMs I've ever met. But I don't think he's currently got a game. Mm. Um, the game is uh, making sure my daughter doesn't kill herself because she's a baby. That, that's fair. It's, good. it's a good game. I hope you win that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that one keeps me on my toes. <laughs> Nonstop. Yeah. Well, you know, as fellow store miniatures, you know, Dan and I, we started this podcast because uh, we wanted to um, just kind of promote the community. We wanted to promote what was going on. You know, we, we, just like you, have made a lot of friends playing the game of War Machine. And, um, and our motto here is just to inspire people to play more games. And, um, and so I'm just, you know, I just hope conversations like this and, you know, and things like that um, help people to, you know, just really get engaged. So um, let's just like go back to, to War Machine and um, tell me like what your favorite part of the game is. Like this last year, do you have like a moment or memory that you have that was just amazing or uh, like one of those moments you'll never forget or or just something in general that you like about the game? What's your favorite? Again, it comes to me. Um, You're the one who has the best story on this front, sir. Uh, I do? The, 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 uh... Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I made the, a motion the, that you guys the, can't the her- see so as not to spoil the story. <laughs> really good radio. The, the heroic idiom. Uh, no, uh, so... I really uh, okay, so I enjoy coming up with what tactics I can, trying to figure out you know w- ways in which a couple of things mesh together, and then playing that to the hilt. But uh, the other thing that I enjoy is that I've been enjoying is uh, my t- clock management was absolute garbo for the longest period of time. So uh, I got to work on that and then bring that to a bring that to i five. Um, and just, I don't know if that's, sorry. You're doing fine. You're doing fine. Which which game, uh, you want to give him a, so, so you, were, you have a. He, he knows what I'm talking about. He just doesn't know how to introduce it. Yeah. And oh, introduce it for him and let him tell it. <laughs> so so this game, it was, it was back and forth. Both players were coming down to time. And he decides to bet the farm on this assassination run. Uh, oh, I didn't really have too much of a choice. He, he he had pretty much put me in a position where I I didn't have anything. Else, was this else. against Legion? Uh, no, this was against Retribution. Oh, uh, so I was playing, round three. Uh, round round two, two I think. No, round two. two. Okay, there we go. Okay, all right. Now we're on, now we're tracking. <laughs> that that one that one was memorable for a few reasons. Uh, it came right down to the la- very I last roll. No, it was round three. Oh, oh, all right. Well, mess this story up, but let's try. Let's keep trying to keep it going. Uh, that that this one was memorable to me for a few reasons. One, I got to hear something I never thought I was going to hear from Jeremiah, which is a fun story I, we can tell maybe a little bit later. I don't want to bog down the bog down. Bog, bog yeah, down yeah. Let's focus on you right now. Oh, okay. So <laughs> basically. Um, he had just barely missed his assassination run against Scar, uh, Scar mm-hmm. Three, mm-hmm. Boat Scar, and 
to get that assassination off, he had moved Ron up, uh, Adeptus Ron up pretty close. So I was like, oh, well, I got no choice. I got to try and kill you now. Uh, couldn't knock him down. Uh, so just rolled up and rammed him to death. But the last roll um, being made uh, right as the seconds were dwindling down, like everybody was wanting to root, uh, tell me to get better on my clock management, to hurry up because I was about to about to lose the game on just from that. And very last roll, the very last damage roll was being made as the buzzer uh, went off. So like, wow, dice were in the air. So he got the, the movie finish where he drops the dice out of his hand and like as they're falling, like beep, <laughs> death. That's like, yeah, that's like every, that's like Damian Lillard, you know, the three, you know, behind the arc and in the air. Yeah, it, it, it was a buzzer shot. And a shout out, um, that was uh, with Connor Sawyer, and he actually has a YouTube channel, and he has a little recap of that if anybody wants to check it out. Um, he's uh, actually got a really good channel where he does a really good recounting of his game. So I, I do recommend, especially if you're a rep player, because he's a rep player, um, check it out. He's got some good stuff in there. Yeah, and good plug. That's pretty epic. That's pretty uh, anxiety-inducing, though. I mean, ba- badly told, but it's a good story. Just take my word for it. I believe you. Yeah. Um, for me, my proudest, my happiest moment in War Machine was actually at I five, and it was actually that round three because we actually won that round. Because I, I, I just went in with the hope that just everybody would win at least one game, and not only did everybody win at least one game, they won at least two games apiece, and we actually went two and two. Um, or Which was a considerable, uh, considerable improvement on last year. Yeah, yeah, which was we had a bye and then, you know, three rounds that we lost. So, um, so yeah, so that was – I was really stoked, and I was just really happy, you know, for my teammates um, and proud of how everybody's improved, especially since uh, you, Jeremiah, and you, co-host Dan, um, were part of our team, and you guys being – more newer players into the game, um, just seeing how far you guys have come. Um, Dan, with his clock management especially, just want to give you real props there, man. You really worked that. Um, <laughs> learned you. how to play Maylock and take him to round seven, which is the key to that <laughs> that list. And Jeremiah, just figuring out, doing those Vlad assassinations that I was oh, man. giving you, uh, you know, the heads up on, <laughs> like, you know, how, that, how those tools could work and you figuring out how those pieces work together. So yeah. you guys did an awesome job honing those lists and practicing and, and really taking it to heart. So I, I was so proud of you guys. And Ethan as well, um, who hadn't had a chance to get out to many tournaments and, and whatnot. So even though he'd been playing Cricks for ages, you know, the fact that he was able to bring it and, and, yeah. and pull out some victories too. So yeah, I was just, that that to me was, was That's it. Your it was, it was not my accomplishments really, but it was just yeah. seeing how well the team did. Yeah. You know, I want to, I want to come back to that in a second. Um, you know, and uh, and so, but I want to give Daniel Prime a chance to share, like, when a memorable moment or your favorite, you know, thing about the game or something. Um, I don't have a particular moment that stands out as as the 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 singular moment of greatness. I just uh, the thing I enjoy most about this game is that is the next game. I like I like yeah. coming to a game and either facing a new opponent or opponent who has grown since the last time I faced them, and. The in uh, in fighting games we use a term called yomi, which is uh, Japanese for reading your opponent. Mm. And so the games of I know that you know that I know, 
Mm. And that back and forth are the, are just are the best. They are the reason I play. They're amazing. I like that. I like that. Uh, Yomi. Yomi. Uh, Learn a, a new term today. So, um, Ron, you just briefly touched on this for a second, and so I want to ask a new question, or maybe a same question, just in a different way. Um, what's it like when you make the journey from the dining room table to a tournament? You know, you guys w- regularly meet you know, at Ethan's place and you regularly play there and, um, you know, uh, but what's it like when you finally venture out and, and, and play in a public space? That's, that's a great question, Jeremiah. Um, I know for me of, of our group, I'm, I'm the tournament player. Um, really I, I've, I'm a pretty outgoing person when it comes to going out and just trying to play in new areas and whatnot. And I've, I made it kind of a point of pride and, and effort to try to go out, even to stores that are further out from where I normally play, to at least play and meet and talk to some of the people. So at least uh, I think pretty much anybody in the Portland, Vancouver, Salem area are at least a little bit familiar with me um, because I've played there at least once or twice or played in a tournament there. So, um, so I make a lot of effort to kind of get out. And I usually like to play in a tournament like once a month, I, I like having the exposure. I just love the game, so I'm, yeah. I'm a real tactician hound. I'm a real, I'm really dogged about <laughs> list building and dojoing and and being a sounding board. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so for me, it's just like, yeah, I, I'm just I'm just rabid. I'm just hungry. You know, I'm just ready to, yeah. to just get in any games I can. And I e- even with as hectic as life has become, like, I, I still. And, and with the blessing of my wife, um, you know, and, and she's doing awesome for letting me do this, but still find time to play a game like at least every other week or yeah. try to go to a tournament once a month. Um, yeah. So that way I can stay sharp and, and not get rusty. Yeah. What, what about you guys uh, coming coming from the dining room to, to the public space? It's not that much different. Like you, you get to meet new opponents. Mm-hmm. Like that's the you get you get to be exposed to different people and different styles than you're used to, uh, which sort of deepens you as a player. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, it's the same game. Like you just yeah. can't be intimidated. You yeah. you roll out. You bring your stuff. You uh, you have a good game. And the you know we we keep saying it. And you know the 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 patting ourselves on the back for for War Machine being and Hordes being such a great community. Yeah. Like you don't go to a tournament and encounter some jerk who's like, who are you? Like, it's, yeah. no, I've, you, I've never encountered that. You go and you meet cool people yeah. and you play a fun game. Like yeah. that's. Want to add? Okay. So for me personally, uh, I, I love the tournament scene. Uh, uh, what the every week, uh, game, it basically kind of become for me was like, you know, training, but to what end? Mm-hmm. Like, Basically, I'm, I, I was playing a lot of the same people uh, again and again and again. Yeah. I played Ron so much that I'm like, well, he's going to do this, he's going to do this, he's going to do this. And I, <laughs> I've, I've started to... Uh, Yomi, right? Yeah, Yomi, exactly. <laughs> it's like... And that's why I play different factions. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it, the, well, it always starts at Ron. Is gonna, I'm, I'm going to play Ron. It's going to be a pain in the ass. He's going to do this and this and this and this. Yeah. And you, fig- you, you kind of like fall into these habits. So when... You go out and you meet new people. You you get to play against new people who have like different ideas, different uh, different strategies strategies that they're bringing to the table. It's just like the the world just seems to, like expand exponentially from from like the, the little uh, 
dining room table that you're that yeah. that you're used to or that you've you've uh, cut your teeth on that you've trained at for you know however long. Yeah, one of the things that that was interesting for me when I was uh, you know when I first was playing at your at your house, you know they were it was untimed. They were, we didn't have clocks, and I was listening to a podcast or something, and and then and I happened to be um, I coach chess, and so I have chess clocks you know at the school and everything, and and so I think I was the one who brought a chess clock. No, I mentioned it. I, I bought the chess clock. You bought used, it. But, which is really funny because I have a reputation for hating clocks. I know, which is <laughs> the irony is, is rich. But it's only because it's, only it's true. Yeah, well, yeah. But, like, um, but I, I remember. I that argument. But I remember, but I remember, like, you know, our, the first couple of games, you know, at your house and, you know, and, um, and, and clocking out. Like, it's just because that's a whole other skill. So, so, like, Clock management is a, is a critical skill for warm hearts. Like knowing how to operate while you are on the timer is is is, is vital. If you don't, you will lose. But um, at the same time, all of the other pieces of the game can't be neglected either. So right. playing off the clock is an expansive. Like you learn new strategies. Yeah. Playing on the clock teaches you to see which of those strategies you know is the best for the moment faster. Yeah, you learn ranking. It's expansive versus yeah, reductive. Priorities, I guess, not ranking. So both of those are are valuable ways to practice. Yeah, yeah. So co-host Dan and I, um, we sort of have our own dining room table. We we play um, every other Monday. It's kind of our rhythm right now. And then on the off weeks, we we record an episode for for the podcast. And so, um, and when I play at the house, um, I'm definitely way more casual. You know, like when it, you know, like. I'm, I feel like I'm slower sometimes, and I, like, I don't think of it as serious, and I don't know why. Do you guys ever get that where, like, you don't feel the same pressure playing at the, at the house, or versus... Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it, th- that's, that's something that I can really relate to. Like, after a certain point, it's just like, uh, again, you've played the, the same people enough, and you kind of like have an idea of where the game is going to go and how the rhythm of the uh, match is going to continue to play out, and it's kind of like, all right, I see what I'm, I see where I've messed up. I could either I could try to salvage this situation, or we can like try and figure we can try try and pose another question with the time that we have, you know, ahead of us. So, and, and the option to do that is still is is great and all, but it, you can kind of lose track of the pressure that that you yeah. you want to be feeling, you know, in order to like really take the game to the to its ultimate conclusion, you know. You want to yeah. you want to get you want to get to the end to get to the end state of how everything has played out. Closing games is definitely another of those skills, like knowing how to close out a game. Yeah. I yeah. Can, I can completely agree with that. And, and as much as I tease Dan about playing off the clock, well, most of our games we play off the clock. Um just casually, because we, we just like to have a good time. We get distracted by, you know, conversations. We have a lot of history with one another, so yeah. you know, we, we have a lot of Well, that's part of the community. That's the fun side, too. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So as much as I tease him about it, you know, we, we just have different views on uh, on the approach to the game. I, I believe in playing. It's more important to play pretty good instead of perfect, and, and Dan's definitely that perfectionist. He wants that yeah. Kaizen you know, wants to optimize everything, which, you know, I can respect. Um, right. But, you know, perfection is something that will kill you on the clock. What's, so. what's actually kind of funny is that most of my uh, 
clock management techniques I learned from uh, Dan giving me little like ideas to to practice on my own and set up uh, options. So so while I am not the captain of some filthy casuals, I am the coach. Very good, very good. <laughs> well, we want to get you on the field next year. Yeah, that's the idea. This year, I got married. Also good. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well I, I know. Yeah, totally different game. <laughs> um, I know that over the years, I've I have received some fantastic advice from all of you guys. So um, I think you guys have a, a great thing going. Um, let's kind of uh, shift gears a little bit and start thinking forward. Um, you know, two thousand. This this episode is going to drop probably the last day of the year. It's kind of a a filler episode in between um, Christmas and New Year's, and um, and Dan and I have a, a lot of great topics coming up um, after the New Year, and we're gonna have some good guests on to talk about those topics and stuff. Um, but but in the meantime, you have us. But in yeah, the meantime, well, no, I, the filler crew. I did not intend that the way that you. Good good catch. So. Um, so we my are some filthy casuals. <laughs> yeah. This yeah, week we have some we filthy casuals. We're just casual. Um, so what um, what are you looking forward to next year? Like, do you have some personal goals that you want to achieve? Is there um, is there something that that you're very excited about doing? Um, and um, and maybe um, if you're are you jumping into a, a new faction or are you jumping back into an old faction? Um, what are what are you looking forward to personally for next year, and and what do you want to see um, the Hillsborough Underground do next year? Well, I'm going to totally ninja Dan's answer, and I'm looking forward to Infernal's dropping. And my goal is to be at lock and load and actually dibs, get in. Dibs, on dibs, it. dibs. <laughs> so half of us are going to be playing Infernals at least. <laughs> yeah, and then the the at least three Infernal players <laughs> arise from within the underground. <laughs> And Ron and I will be playing Moro on. Yeah, and, and I'm going to oh, call wow. it now. I, I have a feeling that Moro's going to drop as a theme. I, my gut's telling me it's going to be a Signar theme, and it's going to be the Demon Hunter theme, and we're going to bring Signar back. So I think you're mostly right. I'm calling Mercs. Uh, oh. Mercs already in the Steelhead theme, man, and they already have six other themes. So I, I think Signar could use that fifth theme, and... You know, they already got the partisan Marlin stuff, so I, I can see storyline-wise, the church kind of seizes more control of, of it because Stryker did his job and pretty much purged, you know, all the Menites out of Signar, so, you know, he did that for a few years. So, like, you know, storyline-wise, especially with the, you know, with the upcoming events, I, I could definitely see the church, you know, becoming, you know, a big forefront or illumination and all of that. So, mm. um, I know I'm getting kind of fluffy in there. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, as far as for my personal goals, sorry, sorry, Dan. Um, yeah, I, I got I got a lot of you. goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, so yeah, so for me, um, you know, I five is is always number one. Um, like I think it's so fun the team That's format. The Apex. Yeah, that is that is something that I, I put as, you know, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make it work no matter what. Uh, I'm gonna make that work and put that in and. Uh, yeah, I love planning and are we gonna field two teams is a question. I hope so because we need to have some filthy casuals and some more filthy casuals. You know, that, that would is, be awesome. That, that that is the that is the goal there. Um, but aside from that, uh, I do plan on going to lock and load. Um, I do plan on playing in the Masters. So 
you know, I'm going to shoot to try to win Masters and get into IG and, and win that thing too. So, nice. you know, that's, I'm going to put that on record. Is it going to happen? You know, we'll, we'll see. I'll either do it or I'll get real drunk. So, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> or you'll get real drunk and do it. Who knows? Yeah, they're not mutually exclusive. So that's, that's true. true. So 2018, I already sort of mentioned, I got married. Like that whole year went away. Uh People don't tell you that that's actually really pretty time consuming. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, for the three commanders, Ron's like, you should go to one tournament this year. I'm like, I've been to tournaments this year. And he's like, yeah, which ones? And I was like, uh, uh, oh, huh. Awkward. Yeah. So uh, 2019 is my, my I'm going to get a little more serious about the game year. Nice. That's going to be, I'm going to talk, Ron mentioned the cadence of going to a tournament a month, like playing games more regularly, getting, sort of getting those reps in. And that's, that's going to be my 2019. I'm going to try to play a little more around. I might try to make a couple tournaments in Eugene. Maybe I'll make it as far as Bend. We'll see. Just to see where their scenes, who's playing. Do I try to you get know, as much? I talked to a couple of the Bend guys, um, I think, at, uh, actually the Three Commanders. Yeah, I know Connor was there um, yeah. along with some of his, well, at least one, and yeah, his, two of his other teammates. And I think, and I think they're opinion. they're a lot like you guys. Um, I think I think that one one guy has a, a really big garage and they have several tables set up. Um, their issue over there is they don't have a store that like champions them, and so I mean they can get much, they can get stuff, but like. But I think they mostly play in one of their one of the garages. I think you guys could probably do a whole episode on War Machine and stores. Like I've noticed that there's there's definitely like a weird relationship there. On some for on for some stores that's true. Um, I don't know what the big deal is about stores. I've been doing the Amazon thing for a long time. Don't get me wrong, my army has cost a lot more than a lot of people's, but still, <laughs> it's well, well, it's that's, possible. That's the issue. Like there's for any miniatures game. It takes up a lot of space, and the turnover on the product isn't very high. So, like the return on investment is, it, it, it's it's not a huge profitable market, except for maybe if your store is the flagship store for yeah. for getting stuff. And even then, like it probably isn't. You could you're gonna make more money and take up less space with like card games and things like that. Definitely. And then um, and then it's just a matter of Magic you know you have a limited money. amount of store space. How right. much do you want to devote? to a product that's not flying off the shelves, you know? So I can understand it from a business standpoint. Um, I, I do think we're very fortunate that we do have several stores that do champion it and that yeah. you, you present us uh, an option of a place that we can play as well on occasion, which is huge. And then Ethan, um, you know, hosting is great. Yeah. Um, normally I wouldn't mind, but you know, I got a baby, so. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's my plan for 2019 is to, to be, is to play more, play more games. Hey. I love it. Tag. I love it. That's perfect. <laughs> Dan, you want to jump in? For me? Um, no, not in particular. Um, okay. No goals? Yeah. Uh, oh, as far as goals, I guess. I mean, I thought we kind of covered it in the last. Um, I mean, yeah, going to lock and load, of course, is, would be really uh, entertaining and fun. Um, you know, even on my smaller scale. You know, getting into a steamroller, a couple more of those, and, and maybe winning one would be uh, would be nice. I'll start off kind of small. Uh, I have no grandeurs of uh, of crushing uh, Iron Gauntlet or anything, but hey, it is a dice game, right? Ambition. A little bit of luck. That's right. I think all of us are going on record now. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> we want to win. I'll give it a couple years, you know, yeah. put yeah. in the time. Um, I mean, yeah, mainly it's just, again, that expansion, that learning, especially learning a lot of the different factions, trying to actually play against everyone so far, except, you know, getting the games against Cricks and Grimkin and especially yeah. the, the Circle now and, and everything is just really building that knowledge base to be able to play better games, kind of build better lists. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I definitely have um, my desire this year um, is to actually focus on uh, one or two casters um, in Scorn. Like which one? So that's I'm kind of doing the research on that right now. Oh, okay. So um, I'm thinking Makeda might be on the short list. Zal's on the short list, and um, uh, we'll see. But. I'm. I've been asking around some of my scorn friends, and uh, Morgul. That I really, really want Morgul to be on the list, but I heard the learning curve is high. I. Well, I. I love Morgul too. I know. I, I really do. Like he's my he, he's my bro. We could talk. We could talk. But um, but I think it goes back to the idea of um, of not being so scattered and just kind of focus. And I don't. I don't have any. I don't have any uh, goals for. Uh, for achievements, um, I my my achievement is actually um, to record a certain number of games, um, um, you know, and and I have I do the app thing, I do the the battle reporter app and things like that. So, um, yeah, has that been helping you? Have you been learning from your records? I do. I actually go back and I look at them, and and I look at the way that I've won or the way that I've lost, um, because I record um, things in there like whether I was player one or player two. Um, what what turn it was? Um, of course, I, I do have a I keep a written journal as well, and so uh, the, the the difference is I can see it quicker on the app. Sure, uh, but uh, the question is, has there been a payoff? Have you have you noticed that like oh when I go second I'm not doing as well I need to shore that up or oh I'm bad at this right. scenario in particular? Or right. So no, I, I the data I, I still I still feel like I have a small sample size. Sure. Um, uh, to mine through, but um, um, but I do notice that I play games in trends, and so um, so like my last several victories have all been assassination. I was about to say like yeah. assassination. Jeremiah will kill you. Yeah, <laughs> which is like not the way that I want to play. You know what I mean? And so, but that's how that's how it's happened. And so, and I shared about how the last two happened, which is regrettable. But um, but that I, but but start looking toward for that. Um, I think I look for it too soon as kind of an out. And so that's that's a big learning for me right now versus um, some of the more details that you just asked about. So did you have you have you listened to the most recent Party Foul podcast? Uh, no, I think I'm behind. Ron actually recommended it on the Hillsborough Underground. They They have an absolutely amazing breakdown of like what to do at different stages of the game and sort of how to plan at, at pre-deployment. And that kind of setup, that foundation is how you don't go, oh, I have no options. Guess I better assassinate. Uh, and I actually it, did listen to that. I should listen to it again. It's super good. Yeah, and then um, just, to, just to kind of chime in, um, I think just kind of as a natural progression on how to learn the game, uh, learning you know, how assassination works and, and doing it, I think for people that are getting started in the game and that are a little bit newer, that is 
easier to it, yield it's results. It's usually the first step, because definitely. Because even, even if it's like a 20 or 30% assassination, that means 20 to 30% of the time you're going to win the game. And when it when you're going from 0 to 20 to 30%, that that's a, a marked improvement. Yeah. If, if you really want to practice getting better at winning without doing it, don't, don't go do for it. assassination. Yeah. Only play scenario. Force yourself to play that. That's how you're going to learn positioning. That's how you're going to learn how scenarios work, yeah. how to apply pressure, how to bait, how to counterattack. That's how you develop those skills. And you know, it's it that takes a lot of time and practice, and you know, reading the opponent. Reading a lot the of Wednesdays at Ethan's, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you know, that's you know, not not to sound too preachy, but that that's the way to do it. And that's yeah. uh, uh, honestly for me, that's I love it. You know, that's that's yeah. I love that challenge. So, yeah. so uh, let's see. Uh, we have a few events coming up in the in the Portland area. There's going to be um, the the event that's taking place on December 29th in Salem, the new store that's opening. Uh, you can find information on that on COG Collective. Any of you guys planning on going to that one? It's a Saturday event. I'll have to check my, my schedule. The holidays are kind of a dicey time frame for okay. me. Very good. Uh, the next day, on the 30th, is going to be the uh, the wrap-up of the Portland Journeyman League. And, and I think Ben is opening that up to... Um, anyone, even if you did not participate in the Portland German League. Um, Sundays are a little hard for me, so I won't be going to that one. Um, and then um, and then Chad is going to be running Scramblers at Runeboard on January 6th. And so I want to encourage you to come out for that. And that's waiting. Because um, Scramblers are just, uh, what, two two games at the most, right? Yeah, it's two rounds, one list yeah. is the traditional Scrambler uh, format. Um, I was planning on attending that one. Um, because there's a new store opening in Salem, if I can get the goodwill from the wife, which yeah, I, I don't know if I'll be able to swing that. Sure. Um, but you know that would I'd probably shoot for that because you know I, I definitely want to kind of support like a brand new store opening up and Absolutely. just make a strong presence. Um, yeah. Plus, it's been a little while since I've gone down to Salem. Like it's been a few months, so yeah. you know I, I like to get around as I mentioned before. So yeah. that. I'll, I'll see what I can do about that. But I was originally planning on doing that, that cool. event on the 6th. Very cool. Not to mention these guys usually have an easier time of peer pressuring me into that because it's right in my backyard. That's right. You I have a very little excuse there. You should yeah. go. Yeah, I'm just like, Dan, do it. Do yeah. it. Do it. Yeah, if you're not it, working, go for it. it. So, and then, and then uh, see, January 14th, the Masters League um, takes place. And um, I love the way that they're doing the Masters League. They put you in pods, and you have... Um, a certain amount of time to play all of your games in that pod and then uh, whoever emerges victorious in that pod is who goes on to the to the uh, to the actual tournament and so like I remember last year in the Masters League I played a game at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday um, against Wes at Guardian Games or something you know because um, I think it was Wes because that was when we can get our game in and it totally counted right and so I, I like that flexibility. So I want to encourage anyone who has not participated in the Masters to, to at least do that. So, and I know you have some flexibility in your schedule towards the end of the week, right? Oh, okay. I have a I have an odd schedule where I'm working like four days one week, three days the other one. So yeah. weekends are either you know Saturday is either good or Saturday is not so good. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. Only a, no no give. On that, so yeah. 
Any closing thoughts? We're going to wrap this up, I think. We're going to um, do a bonus segment on, and Jeremiah can tell the story from I-5. Oh, the <laughs> bonus segment. Okay. All right. All right. I will tell the story, but you have to do the punchline. Okay. I can I can do that. I'll, okay. I'll, t- I'll, I'll do that. All right. So this is um, this is round three that yeah. we, uh, we determined. So this is the last round of the day on, the, on day one, and I'm playing um, a Signar player, and I have my Vlad 1 Jaws list. And we're playing the um, the scenario with the two rectangles and the two objectives in the middle. Help me out with the name on that one. The pit? I don't know. Just, no, that isn't the pit. Yeah. I guess it doesn't matter. Uh, no, I, I think we are playing Invasion. Was Invasion? Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, so it was, uh, he had two of the... Uh, two I, I'm sorry. No, I remember now. It was Recon. It was Recon 2. Recon 2. There we go. There you go. And so, uh, so he had he had two of the battle engines, and uh, they were just kind of tearing me up. And I was trying to position and challenge, and you know, um, and I think I was able to get one or two CP. Um, and, and but I was like losing pieces trying to contest, and, and so that so that he wouldn't get any CP. And so, um, and so uh, Haley two, I think, was the caster. Um, moves moves Haley up in front of the his objective, and um, and then there were several jacks in the way and different things like that. Um, but there was um, but there was just the right alley for Vlad, and um, and so it, it, what what do I do? I assassinate right. Mm-hmm. And, oh my goodness! And so I cast one of the kings, and I charge and I withstand two free strikes. I'm fine, and. Um, and it's five by caster, but it was after the realization that that just happened that I said, "Oh, okay." So we can cut over to my viewpoint. Uh, so midway as we're uh, midway through Scar Three versus Adeptus uh, Ron, uh, right around the center of my turn, I believe, and I'm uh, marking something down and listening to. Uh, my opponent as we're kind of we're kind of doing a little bit of back and forth we're not playing super fast it's been a long day you know everybody's kind of tired and i hear off to the side um there's a little bit of a little bit of raised tones a little bit of uh you described it to me as the teacher voice the teacher voice yes so it sounded like jeremiah was catching some flack for the way the way he won then i hear so, you lose. <laughs> and I was like, it, it stood out enough because, you know, Jeremiah is this absolutely sweet and sunny guy. And suddenly I'm like, and suddenly I hear the notes of shade being cast. So I'm like, make a note to uh, talk to Jeremiah about that. Oh, man. I don't even remember saying mid, that. That's mid-game. The... It, it it broke through my 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 haze into into my own game, and I was like, "Hmm, that's worth talking about." Dude, the tables turned so fast on that game because I was it was downhill for me, and then all of a sudden that one little sliver of hope, and I was in shock, and so I don't even I I can't take any responsibility for anything I said or did <laughs> in the few minutes after that happened. <laughs> yeah, and, and and hearing the story now is just a slight critique. Uh, Vlad one has parry, so he shouldn't have taken any free strikes. Uh, see, know your rules. Yep. What I'm terrible at this game. 
Well, um, I I really appreciate this conversation. I thank you guys for coming out and um, and just being part of the the Spellstorm Miniatures podcast project that we got going on here. Thanks for having us. Definitely. Yeah. Anytime, Happy brother. To. Anytime. Yeah. We uh, we'd love to have you back again. Uh, the thing that Dan and I want, like I said earlier, is is we just want to foster community, and so we want to promote the people that are in our community. And um, Dan, any final words before we sign off? No, again, appreciate you guys, and uh, we'll have Ron on again when he's drunk and won uh, Iron Gauntlet. <laughs> That's right. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. I- I'm going to pull a Corey Doyle, and I will be pantsless. Mark my words. <laughs> oh. Good thing it's radio. Hmm. There we go. Anyway, anyway uh, it's great. And uh, for those of you that are listening to this, it's going to be um, right around the new year. And so we want to wish you a happy new year uh, playing War Machine and Hordes and all the other games that you play too. So thanks, everyone. Good night. Bum 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 b